The following content is brought to you by Mind Initiative Incorporated. The opinions expressed in the following conversation are of the hosts and do not in any way represent the opinions of Mind Initiative as a whole. Some themes in this series may be distressing or triggering for some listeners and so viewer discretion is advised. If any of the content does trigger uncomfortable feelings or cause distress, we encourage you to reach out to us via our Facebook page or seek further support from beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24-7 over-the-phone support. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we all stand and we extend our respect to the elders, both past and present. Hey everyone, this is Julie uh, Fletcher with the Mind to Mind podcast where we speak about a myriad of topics regarding your mental health and how to stay on top of your mental health. So tonight we are discussing the topic of ADHD. Now I've known about this condition for a very long time, since my childhood. It's basically defined by uh, mental hyperactivity and uh, in a little bit of impulsivity and and inability to focus on certain things at certain times so what do you think about this Claire? Um, It's interesting you say that because um, a lot of people don't realize how common the crossover with ASD and ADHD is Um, and in some ways they're actually a blessing because they sort of balance each other out Um, and between 30 to 80 percent of people with autism also have ADHD. So, and I all, I have a lot of people in my life with ADHD. So this topic, it's home for me. And I've had a lot of females in my life with ADHD, which often presents very differently than it does in males. So I think this will be an interesting conversation to have. And it's an incredibly, people, there's a debate about it being overdiagnosed, but it's often very underdiagnosed. And a lot of people don't, get diagnosed with ADHD until their late 20s. So that's saying something. Um, it's a, it, And it can present differently in everybody. There's hyperactive ADHD. There's inactive ADHD. Um, there's a combination of both. And some people have mild ADHD. Some people have, you know, more advanced ADHD. So, yeah, Um would you I define it? Talking, but but um, yes. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are yes. on the topic. I would think yeah. um, just another question: Would you define it as a spectrum, like autism, or just a condition? So autism has three levels. We we now we don't um, Asperger's isn't isn't a term used anymore. We have ASD one, two, and three. With ADHD, from what I'm aware of, there isn't that same sort of definition. There was a professor online who talked about seven different types of ADHD. I can't remember all the names of them off my head, and it's not in the DSM-5 from what I'm aware of, which for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's um, the book used to, with all the definitions of all different psychological conditions. But, yeah, I, I believe what a lot of psychologists are saying, which is that it is a spectrum, but where it's unlike autism, people are usually kind of boxed, which I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a great thing either, but from what I'm aware, that doesn't exist with ADHD. But, you know, you see some people with ADHD who 
are very shy and very nervous, very anxious, very distracted. And then you see some people uh, with ADHD who are hyperactive, very outgoing, or you see a lot of people with ADHD that suffer with anger issues, really low self-esteem, really high inflated self-esteem. So you've got all different types of symptoms in different people, which makes it hard to categorize. And I'm sure it makes it hard for a lot of, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists to recognize it because there are a lot of comorbidities in ADHD with other things such as autism, such as narcissistic personality disorder, OCD, anxiety, that overlap with ADHD. Mm, Pretty chaotic. It is very, it is very chaotic. And the more I've read about it and I've done research on it before, not for uni, but just for other things, because I don't actually really touch on this kind of stuff in university yet. But yeah, it's, as I said, it's something that's affected my life, having family members, having my best friend has ADHD and I see how it influences her life every day. Um, And it's been very important for me to understand her because sometimes things can seem lazy, but they're not. I've watched her physically try to do things that she just she just can't some some days she can some days she can you know her brain's just great and she's she can do all of the things that she wants to do and then other days she just struggles to you know like do the dishes so mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to live with anyways I, you, I, I, I did, <laughs> today I actually did watch a uh, video that Jason linked to me yeah. about uh from i keep on forgetting the name of the channel it's called like the o the, the adhd life or a day in adhd but the uh, the lady on there says it's very difficult for her to relax and even though she wants to try to relax and she wants mm-hmm. to calm down her brain just won't cooperate at times and it can be very frustrating for her to just wind down and just mm-hmm. unwind because her brain is still running very very fast unwilling unwillingly yeah and that, that must be frustrating for a person with ADHD to go through because like I guess like um for a lot of these people their mind are often kind of spirals out of control at very inconvenient times even when they don't want it to and yeah the brain can be a very hard thing to control and our brains in like one one day are just so overstimulated by the screens and technology and you know, TV and information coming from everywhere, it can be very hard for the brain to, you know, just slow down and process what it's all just seen. Yeah, yeah. And people with ADHD excel in different things and their way of relaxing can look different than, you know, a neurotypical person's way of relaxing. People with ADHD are really good at physical tasks. Their concentration issues often happen with you know reading an email and not being able to sit there and read the email properly or skimming over an assessment um not thoroughly paying attention to something but the way that tasks are to be handled with someone with ADHD is different in an office environment instead of you know your manager saying hey guys I need to get this no rush but like make sure you get that you know uh necessary mandatory training done by Friday right and it's Monday Someone with ADHD does not work well with that. They need the, you've got two hours, this mandatory training needs to be done by 12 p.m. They work well with 
a certain amount of stress, they need those deadlines. They do not do well with delayed gratification. Not that they can't have delayed gratification, but it's harder for them to say, you know, a goal, like a fitness goal, that's a year away fitness goal, right? Or six months. And not that a lot of people struggle with delayed gratification, but people with ADHD struggle more. But Mm. for them, the way to handle that situation would be having smaller incremental goals, like we're going to aim to lift this amount of weight in two weeks time rather than, you know, saying a six month or a year. And that, that applies, you know, in the school environment as well. And I think we need more education on ADHD because 7% of people have ADHD. So there needs to be, and the, and the thing is the people with ADHD know all the information it's in their brain they just don't know how to always connect it to the doing part so Mm -hmm. they just need a little bit of a a different way of achieving i can relate to that in a sense because even though i don't have adhd it's obvious i don't have it but oh i thought you said you had adhd sorry no i don't i don't have adhd i thought you said in the beginning sorry i misinterpreted no no um, I, I have There's been no officially diagnosed as uh, autistic and I have yeah. been since the age of three, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like from me, I, I have memory problems um, sometimes Yeah, and I often, I mean, I, I read a lot of books and I do a lot of reading and I often cannot remember what I've read yeah, or, or recall. And that does worry me sometimes because I do know that it's in there subconsciously, mm-hmm. but just with the more information that comes into me and into my mind, sometimes something that worries me is that where is all this information going and how is it all, you know, yeah. melding together? And with ADHD, there is a lot of overlap with autism. That doesn't necessarily mean that someone with autism has both ADHD and autism. Like I said, it is very, very common. And a lot of people with autism don't know they have ADHD because it kind of, mask itself under it that's another topic that I'm probably not experienced enough to to sort of describe but or not experienced but I'm not knowledgeable enough to explain but yeah there's a lot of like working memory issues with people that have ADHD and also with people that have autism so it's the there's a lot of different overlaps executive functioning issues emotional regulation a lot of people with ADHD struggle to emotionally regulate and you see that in children who are chucking tantrums more than their brother or sister, you know, the parents are wondering, oh, why is it, why is it that this child we've had is just, you know, she wasn't like her sister. She's always chucking tantrums over nothing. It's because she just doesn't know how to emotionally regulate. Her brain isn't making those connections. And yeah, it comes to us knowing how to support these children and also recognising inactive ADHD because we see everyone thinks ADHD is this little boy who's running around and jumping off the walls, but that's not a lot of the picture. And so that's kind of like an an exaggeration of it. Yeah. Well, it's a percentage of people with ADHD, but there are a lot of people who have inactive ADHD who are quiet, who are shy and also often do well in school, usually up until a certain age especially when school is still fun, they do well. But when it starts getting more heavily examined, their grades start to decline um, because the way that they learn is different. And it's about 
us as a society and especially the school system and teachers learning how to recognize that and I know it's a difficult conversation between parents and children I mean sorry teachers and parents with the the teachers having to say that to parents because a lot of parents just don't want to admit it they don't want to recognize it um no one wants to think that something is but wrong is not the right way to use different with their child but people with ADHD can excel especially because they can hyper focus and that hyper focus can lead to amazing things they can really condense a lot of information in a short amount of time um, and when they learn how to use utilize that and find the right ways to to learn they can be extremely achieved people but uh, the traditional schooling and work system often doesn't work for people with ADHD so. I can see you have a lot of mm? oh, yeah, Jason, yeah, Jason. Pardon? I was kind of waiting for Jason to jump in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jason, yeah. what are your thoughts? Do you do you have anyone in your life affected by ADHD or thoughts on how you feel you know we can improve as a society with people with ADHD? So ADHD is a physical deformation of the brain, right? The connection between the frontal lobe and the reward center of the brain is actually smaller in a person with ADHD. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to concentrating on focused tasks and all that kind of stuff, it's a lot harder because people with ADHD actually don't get the rewards the same way as as a looking at a TikTok video or a, YouTube things that's where um, that distraction kind of comes in really really quickly um, because the brain is so trained to try and get that reward and because we don't get it as well as as a neuro neurotypical brain our, our brains go chasing it a lot faster um, and that's where it kind of that's where that deformity comes in and when you say it's like a, uh, uh, whether it's a spectrum it probably is because everyone's brain is developed differently. I don't think there is a neurotypical brain um, and then an ADHD brain. Yeah, it's a weird word, neurotypical brain. Yeah. And, yeah, depending on the person's environment, it depends on their parents, their teachers, who can actually recognise the best way to engage with that person and everything else. It may change their learning outcomes. It may change the way how they can... um, adapt to scenarios and as Claire said it might take a long time before they actually get to a scenario where they start to struggle um, because they might get to university or something like that and the university the rewards for doing uh, assignments and all that kind of stuff suddenly it becomes a lot harder and a lot more drawn out to say doing year 12 or anything like that because there is a lot of pleasure in in doing assignments and everything else, but you need to be able to um, actually do those assignments and hand them in before you actually get the grade back and see the achievement. And, you know, as you said, we're in a technology-focused kind of world and there are a lot of distractions. For me, one of the big things, um, I grew up in the 80s, so ADHD wasn't, wasn't a thing when I was going to school. It was probably more of a thing in the 2000s for me the way how a report card reads I could probably show you all of my report cards now and you probably look at them and say hey based on what we know now you've probably got a classic case of ADHD 
But yeah. I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm not going to go out and get diagnosed because part of Australia is it's quite hard to get a diagnose for, diagnosis for ADHD. Um, with the myriad of mental health issues that are out there at the moment, it's just not on the forefront. Let's just um, talk about the people. fact that it's $2,000 to get diagnosed, everybody. $2,000. So say, and that's, I don't mean to cut you off, but that is a, an unbelievably high amount of money for, say, a family with a child with ADHD or anyone with ADHD. It's not an accessible diagnosis. And often the psychiatrist wants you to come back another time. And a psychiatrist can be anywhere to $600 to $1,000 a session. It's just yeah, in at least. So... It's Your fine. local GP can't diagnose it. You need to yeah. go to a, a psychiatrist and they usually aren't bulk billed. Let's put it that way. So your out-of-pocket expenses are quite high going through that process. And there's a number yeah. of tests that they have to do to determine that you are ADHD. But once they do determine that, it is a, it is a quite set outcome. There's no real... Uh, am I or aren't I kind of thing they can kind of say based on those tests yes you do have ADHD yeah and and the thing is ADHD it's kind of like like what you said with university and I even find it I wouldn't say I have ADHD but pretty sure my mom has it but that but my brother and I we've always been either really really good good at something in school or like basically failed it so there is definitely some form of we either have a hyper focus on something or we just seem to fail it. And I feel like a lot of it is just the way that learning is given to us. And it, I just, yeah, the education system and even university needs to change for people that do have ADHD and do have learning difficulties because there needs to be more engaged learning and like hands-on learning and practical learning, which suits people with ADHD because they're very good at doing things. And it's not that their brains can't function to do those things. It's just writing an essay and sitting there for six weeks to, to do an assignment isn't going to be an ideal way for someone with ADHD to learn. It's, um, it's not that bad. It's not mm-hmm. that bad. Their brains are malfunctioning. It's just it's kind of unbalanced. Like the areas aren't, in fully sync with like one another so they can be more easily distracted or mine can race too fast or we'll just focus on another topic entirely and and i can tell that you have a lot more real life observational experience than what i do because you said that you know people who have have adhd in your family while why i don't i mean the, the only thing that comes closest to me is that my my grandma and and uncle have dyslexia but i know that's not adhd yeah 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 no it's yeah and, and when people with adhd they need routine but they hate routine but they crave routine and it's just like and you know and their mindfulness practices might look different for instance those things like those coloring books not saying all people with adhd will enjoy them but something mindful that involves doing is good for someone with adhd Things like meditation are obviously great, but someone with ADHD is going to struggle to sit there and just essentially do nothing. Um, a lot of relaxation for them is, you know, physical exercise is an absolutely amazing one because it does increase dopamine naturally and it's also physically doing something. Um, and that's why you'll see as well people with ADHD excel in theatre, 
you know, I remember my mum saying how like theatre theater was one of her favourite things in school. Uh, and I was like, that totally makes sense. You know, theatres, sports, the arts, uh, music as well, like playing an instrument. Two members of my favourite band, a band have ADHD and they're amazing like musicians. So, yeah, it's just about channeling it into something different than what's in the box because they're out of the box thinkers with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah what are your thoughts my thoughts yeah um i i agree now just trying to to relate in my own life i, I mean i've never really been that hyperactive as a kid or even really mm. now but the, the only way that i can re- relate is that i did have certain triggers as a child that my family didn't really understand at the time yeah so i would um i remember like if i lost a toy or like something that belonged to me and I wanted to find it, and my parents found it instead of me, that upset me, mm-hmm. and they didn't know why. And looking yeah. back on that now, I still don't really know why, but it's just it's just more, you know, more primitive emotion from your childhood that you learn to to get over when you get older with, with like maturity. But that was something that did upset me when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's also like your emotional response. People might not understand that. And I guess that applies. I don't guess. I know that applies to people with ADHD because they might have normal reactions to nine out of 10 things in a day. And then one out of 10 of those things just seems to absolutely trigger them. And it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, why is it that you can do all of these things, but this one thing for some reason you react with a massive emotional reaction that might not make sense to people. And it is hard when there's not a black and white definition of what ADHD looks like. Mm. What are your thoughts, Jason? Well, it's overwhelming. So like talking about childhood and stuff like that, I would honestly wake up in the morning, I would have breakfast and then I would disappear on my push bike and I would come back probably five, six o'clock at night all day I was doing something like my parents didn't know where I was and mm-hmm. quite frankly I couldn't stay still so that was the best thing for me and that was like at 10 years old um, as yeah. soon as I could ride a push bike I was pretty much off and around the streets by the time I was six mm-hmm. years old anyway and then talking about when you're feeling overwhelmed with ADHD it's Claire kind of mentioned it before it's when you're kind of hyper focusing it's when you've put a lot of effort and energy into something and then um, you're not going to get the reward. And for someone that is chasing that reward, um, having that taken away from them can can feel really deflating and it can push out anger issues and all that kind of stuff. The other thing is not understanding and asking why you react differently to other people that can be a bit of a spiral as well like other people can seem happy in their life like they have a mundane job and they've got a wife and kids and they seem absolutely happy with their house and everything else and yet here you are busting your gut working your ass off and everything else and you don't seem to be happy with it all you're always chasing the next kind of thing understanding Mm -hmm. that kind of thought process is really important for someone with ADHD. Otherwise, they do just lead themselves into a zone of burnout because they just keep chasing that, keep chasing that reward. And that's probably why ADHD people also tend to get 
hooked on gambling and all those kind of things. Yeah, because you're chasing the reward. That's how a lot of people find out they, like, with addictions that go in to get therapy and then they find out they've got ADHD because, and I've seen it in people, thankfully the people in my life with ADHD haven't fallen into any super dangerous addictions, but you see kind of like obsessive behaviour, like, you know, massive social media addictions. My mum cannot read a book, even though she's on social media. I said, what do you do all day? She can't read a book. She can't concentrate. Uh, but she can sit there and watch TV for hours and hours and hours. She goes to the gym for three hours. My mom's in her sixties. She does three gym classes, which is not health, which is actually not healthy for you on a dislocated ankle from the car accident she had. And it's like, it's this obsessive compulsion with exercise, this addiction essentially with exercise and it's, or it's food. You see a lot of like binge eating, but yeah. And, and a lot of people with ADHD, it becomes addiction and I think a lot of addicts are actually people with undiagnosed ADHD and if you mix something like ADHD and trauma together then you've just got an even bigger recipe for for future problems yeah. and yeah this is yeah. a long this is a long spiraling discussion right <laughs> we all learned from legally blonde right exercise causes endorphins so endorphins makes you happy you know that's what's going on with your mum there um, don't even start me on Legally Blonde. It's one of my favourite movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, my God. I love it so much. She inspires me. She motivates me to do my schoolwork. As um, <laughs> Coming from my perspective as someone who who is um, autistic, um, I, I do relate in that aspect when it comes to certain things that I've become obsessed with um, because that's uh, that's that's also another autistic s- symptom. I, I developed a uh, theme park obsession as a as a kid um, when I um, went to Dreamworld and think Gold Coast theme parks, mm-hmm. and I do remember over my childhood I did become pretty um, addicted to chasing that feeling you get when you get on thrill rides, you know yeah. the thrill ride euphoria, and, and and I remember like just often thinking about when I was going to get that next hit, mm-hmm. and as you know the um, theme park industry in Australia is pretty. Yeah. And um and, and and I I have known to kind of like exhaust my uh my local theme park options and I I just have to say look I've got to take a break from this and just focus on something else because you can it, it can become an unhealthy addiction if you let it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, for someone sure. for someone with ADHD, they'll probably do what you do and then they'll suddenly get bored. And they won't understand why they've kind of gotten bored mm. in such a way. But that feeling of pleasure and everything else that they're getting will just go away and then they'll be like, crap, what do I do now? Yeah, my best friend will eat the same meal for a few weeks and then she'll hate that meal. Um, and then she has these, she has about three movies. She she doesn't like, she can't watch a movie very well. But when she does really need to watch a movie, she likes the consistency of it being, yeah, legally blonde, House Bunny, um, what's her other one? She has a, she has like a little collection of movies and that's it. That's like her movie list to choose from. And whenever I suggest something else, she just, she'll say, yeah, that sounds great. And then she just won't watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I often have a pretty <laughs> un, uh, unjustified fear of like what would happen to me if I just keep on watching movies, watching too many TV shows at once, that somehow that's going to mess up my mind. But I know that's probably not true. 
How's your friend yeah. with dating, Claire? She suffers from extreme rejection sensitivity, which okay. is another sign of ADHD. ADHD has a massive list of, of things, but one of her biggest uh, ADHD traits, like we're talking about, some people have anger, some people don't. Some people have hyperactivity, some people don't. Her, one of her big ones is rejection sensitivity. So if she talks to a guy and then he doesn't reply to her the next day and she hasn't even met him yet, say she's talked to him on an app, and he doesn't message her the next day, she has been known to have, well, if you're not interested, then you should let me know now. You know what I mean? Like she just always yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumps, jumps to the, the worst case scenario. She also gets very attracted to extremely charming people because she needs that dopamine. If someone's a bit more laid back and relaxed and a bit more, I wouldn't say simple, but yeah, she she can be susceptible to being charmed very easily. Yeah, I don't want to go too personal. But no, yeah, it's yeah. definitely relationships are hard, and and even our relationships been hard because there are times when she's just she's really upset and she's like wants to do something, and I'll support her and assist, and we'll all support her. And then two months later, she hasn't worked on anything to help that problem. And when you're in someone's life like that, it is frustrating, and it's a frustrating balance between being patient with the person and I think that's where it comes into sometimes these people need deadlines they do need pressure but it's about knowing what sort of pressure to put on them yeah because you don't want them to be their own worst enemy as well so yeah it's a very complicated yeah it sucks financially as well yeah it does the, the dopamine spending it's but you know what you said was interesting as well Jason like when you were younger riding on a bike all day the problem with society now is actually, I believe, enhancing ADHD. So say a child might have mild ADHD. And now in this world, instead of riding a bike all day, like parents don't let their kids ride bikes all day on the street anymore. That that's that era has ended. Like, what do you mean stranger danger? Like, and, and don't get me wrong, like they have a point, but kids aren't releasing that energy. You know, boys aren't being boys and play fighting and stuff like that anymore or girls aren't having to draw or create or, or guys do that too I'm not trying to like gender stereotype but now there is that comfort blanket of the iPad of the iPhone of video games. Things, of video of video games exactly and the same thing like it happens with all people with AD, uh, ASD uh, anxiety when you've got technology as a coping mechanism it's such a great comfort blanket but it actually just exaggerates uh, or I, you're trying to you're trying to combat like the inattention and the hyperactivity. I let you go with yeah. yeah. anxiety as well. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Um, about what you were saying earlier, the I I lived in a suburb near Brisbane um for about ten years. I left in 2020, but throughout um from 2010 to 2020 when I lived there, I never saw a single kid play on the street apart from my brother's friend who lived across the road. But apart from that, nothing. Just uh, sad to see really, you know. Mm. But, uh, and I, I, I've also noticed over the years I played less and less and less and less video games than what I used to in my teens. I would play massive amounts of video games, um, buying so many but over the years, I've really learned to curb that and because it was just, you know, wasting away my money, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
But it is, it is, I don't play video games, but I see it with social media. I see it even with YouTube. I have a YouTube addiction. Um, but when I indulge in that, say if all weekend I've done nothing and just indulged in Netflix, YouTube, and sometimes I do, sometimes I'm tired, going back to uni on the Monday can be so hard for me because my brain is just used to that information straight away. And when I have to sit there like this and just listen to a lecture and there's a lot of points I really need to listen to, I can't just scroll on my phone or something, or I've got to read a 50 page uh, science journal or something like that. It's extremely hard compared to when I'm reading them every single day and I'm in a groove, I can just wake up and read it and I'm fine. And yeah, you just imagine someone with ADHD who finds it hard to concentrate, like, yeah, hard, like this modern day life is on people with ADHD. Yeah, I can't do it. I actually like, I actually get stuff that reads out documents to me now because it physically just hurts too much to read long technical documents and all that kind of stuff. I'll get like two or three pages through and then I'll go back to the start and start again because I'll be doing something else in my head while I'm trying to read. So whereas if it's reading to me and I can just follow it along, um, it makes it so much easier. Do you um, speechify? I had that briefly. Uh, I'll usually just convert it to a PDF and then mm -hmm. Adobe has read out loud free in it. So I'll just do it that way. Um, oh, that's so cool. But what I was going to touch on, you mentioned anxiety before. Anxiety, um, a lot of anxiety disorders, they've discovered um anxiety and ADHD actually go together a lot. So when a lot of people actually feel like they uh, have an anxiety disorder, they're probably better off looking in the ADHD kind of spectrum because mm -hmm. they seem to go together, especially around not feeling like they feel part of society and all that kind of stuff. So that, yeah. that was how I started. Uh, I think I was watching a TED talk or something like that about anxiety yeah. Um, and they started saying, hey, if you've got anxiety, most likely if 75% of anxiety disorders are actually ADHD. And that that's what led me to start reading up wow. on ADHD stuff. Yeah. Because I thought I had an anxiety disorder. It is hard with that, though, because I find that listening now that I'm how far I am into my degree, I listen to different psychologists and different people in the field. And you hear that they all have different opinions. And then you kind of just get like, even with ADHD. So ADHD is like ADHD drugs, such as Ritalin, are the most effective drug out of all of the drugs in treating the condition, as in depression, anxiety, et cetera. Ritalin and, and other drugs, um, amphetamines that are used are extremely effective. Do they have side effects? Probably yes. Does the good outweigh the bad? Like everybody says different, you know, some psychiatrists and psychologists are saying that they're super effective, some are not. So that's a really interesting point. I want to, I want to definitely dig deeper into that because it does make sense. Anxiety comes from the fear of the future, right? And when you ADHD and you're not on top of all your tasks and you feel like you're constantly behind, it totally makes sense why you would have anxiety. Yeah, well, you're constantly not happy because nothing can make you happy. You're continuously looking at the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I suffer from anxiety. That's I have I have diagnosed anxiety, um, and yeah, I just I like I said I don't think I have ADHD, but I can just imagine how that and I I see it like I see it in the people in my life and the mental health. That's that's the hardest thing about ADHD is the mental health issues that come with it. It's not just the ADHD and the struggle with that. It's you know not feeling good enough, rejection sensitivity anxiousness, uh, feeling like you're behind everyone, um, feeling like you're not normal because you don't function. You'll, you see other people, why can they do this, 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 and this, and I can't. Yeah. I mean, if you look back at my life, I've got a resume where I'm changing jobs constantly. I'm constantly mm-hmm. buying new cars and selling cars and everything else. Yeah. You look at my report cards where they constantly say, I'm easily distracted, I need to apply myself more and I'll get better grades, all of this kind of stuff. If I didn't get to the point of burnout like I did and had to actually go and, well, I went and did a diploma of mental health and start study strategies and everything else, and I'm a lot further down the path now. But if I didn't learn this stuff, I don't think I would have ever gone back to work. Like now... Now that I know all this kind of stuff is just something totally different, something totally different in in a rewarding aspect. Um, I say to everyone, I focus on relationships. I don't actually focus on going to work to work. I just I just go to work to make sure I improve my relationships and and that's the end reward. And it seems to work for me. Uh, I focus on the the being of service part, which gives me so much more reward and I can stand going to work now. I'm not constantly looking at my resume and constantly looking at Seek and go, where's the next job that can make me feel fulfilled? Because Mm -hmm. it's, you just never find it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like some people can, you know, I've spoken to some people that are like, to me, a job's a job. I go home, I do what I want. I don't really care what I do. But it seems like for people with ADHD, they really need to love, they need to see work basically as a hobby that they just somehow get paid for. I mean, all of us want that, right? But with people with ADHD, it seems even more. And that's why, you know, even with the cars thing you're talking about, like, like not, not saying it has to be profitable, but you can gear something like that into a hobby. Like I've seen with my friend's dad who has yeah. a hobby of doing up old cars and then selling them. That can also become like a side business. Like people with ADHD can use things that they love and turn them into a way that can actually benefit their benefit their success, if you might. And that comes to that out of the box thinking that other people would be like, why would I do that? You know what I mean? That yeah. looks like an effort. That That's not for me. I'll just work a normal job. Whereas people with ADHD are thinking differently. You're talking and, and Jesse like, from Fast and Furious. Jesse? Yeah. Don't you remember the scene in Fast and Furious where he's designing the Supra and he's like, oh, I never did well at school and I got that ADHD shit and all oh, that. Oh, really? No, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I haven't watched it in so long. I, haven't watched I know it. Jesse from Breaking Bad, but not from Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Breaking out my um, movie nostalgia. I love, oh. I love the Fast and the Furious. I haven't watched it in so long. I should really get into it. Um, there's too many movies, though. And yeah, I'm trying not to 
watch too much on Netflix. Now that I go back to school <laughs> today, I am on a semi-Netflix fan um, because I've been watching everything. So Enjoy that was my holiday. My grandma's like, have you been seeing people? And I'm like, I've been watching shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, any final right. notes to talk about? Anything you want to talk about before we... I'll let you finish it Me. out. Yeah, um, I, I think I, I've talked about everything that I feel like I needed to. So, anyway, um, thanks for listening. I hope that this uh, this episode has put your mind in a better place. As always, thank you so much for listening and take care and we'll see you in the next one. And also, if this episode has raised any uh distressing feelings you feel like you're in crisis always uh know that you can just call lifeline of 13 11 14 they're only one call away and always there to help you around the clock for whatever might be causing you to feel stressed mm-hmm. but anyway uh that's me that's me so, yeah all right everyone good night thanks everyone bye